Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. I don't, if you've ever noticed, I don't really tailor my messages towards holidays, nor do I did that, nor did I do that today, because we're on part two of Beware of the backslide. It is apropos for our nation as our nation careens away from the Constitution about as quickly as the church careens away from the Bible. But we, the Bible thumpers, the Bible believers, those that adhere to the Word of God, we're going to steer this nation back to the Lord and the church back to the Bible. Amen. Beware of the backslide. One of the biggest problems is in the church is that they do not heed the title of this message series. Beware of the backslide. They don't even heed the title of it. Why? There's no one that's even concerned about it. Why? Because they don't believe there is such a thing. See how quiet it is when you talk about backsliding? That's why nobody preaches it. Probably would affect the offering. Might affect attendance. The gods of the modern church. Nobody heeds beware of the backslide because a lot of Christians believe there is no such thing. Is that the case? Can a Christian lose their salvation? And listen, I know that it's very non-apropos to preach such a thing as lose your salvation when so many Christians are Calvinists. That's where it all came from. You won't find that in the Bible. You will not find the term eternal security in the Bible. You will not find it there. You will find chapters entitled The Great Apostasy, which is the great falling away. Well, those people were never saved to begin with. Well, what are they falling away from then? The Great Falling Away, it's titled, 1 Timothy chapter 4 is titled The Great Falling Away. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is entitled The Great Falling Away. Hebrews chapter 5 is titled Warning Against Falling Away. And nobody talks about it. And that's why you saw the church so unprepared when COVID-19 and the tyranny that came with it came knocking at their door. Nobody knew the Bible. Nobody knew that my people are destroyed for. Uh, And the second part is because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. So when when the COVID tyranny came knocking at their door, the church said, come on in. We're happy to have you. We want to be a community partner and a good neighbor. We want to follow the experts and love thy neighbor by closing our churches. Because the church has no idea what the Bible says. You ask Christians at times to defend their most fundamental theology, they have no idea how to do it with the Bible. They do it with things like, I believe or I was taught. It should be what the Bible says. Can a Christian lose their salvation. Somebody who was legitimately saved, can they lose their salvation? Can someone once saved walk away to the extent that they end up going to hell? Can that happen? And yes, we still say that here in this church. We talk about people going to hell. You know why? Because narrow is the way and few find heaven, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. So you ought to be talking about it. Many Christians will tell you, when, it, when you ask that question, can a Christian, once saved, walk away to the extent that they end up spending eternity in hell? When you ask them that question, can a Christian do that? Many Christians will tell you no. Many pastors will tell you no. Many parents have told their kids no. They're raised in churches like that, and they tell their kids well, you know, remember little Johnny when you got saved at VBS when you were six years old and now you're living with a man in a homosexual lifestyle? Doesn't matter, once saved, always saved. And it doesn't matter, I, I caught your attention more because I talked about homosexual sex. It can be the same thing with heterosex. Now you're living with your girlfriend. And parents have told their kids, you know what, no problem whatsoever. Once saved, always saved. That's what Charles Stanley says. Doesn't matter what Charles Stanley says. Doesn't matter what John Calvin says. Doesn't matter what I say. What matters is, is what's in here. 
That's all that counts because that's what you're going to be judged by. Man, Tom, I thought we were going to talk about fireworks today. Well, I'm bringing fireworks. We need to stop taking days off and we need to start thumping the Bible. Because this is why the church in America is close to dead. I said this from the pulpit at Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's church. Most churches that closed should have stayed closed. They should have gone ahead and barred their doors, put chains around them, and stayed closed because they're not following the Bible anyway. What's the point of being open? All you are is some sort of friendship club. That's all that you are, friendship, food, fellowship, and fun. The four Fs. Many churches don't even talk about backsliding or losing your salvation because it's a non-issue, can't happen. Or they're just too weak. There's Christians in churches that believe it, but they're too weak to say it. Well, I don't want to offend anybody. Was that how Jesus was? Did Jesus worry about offending anybody? Jesus name called, Jesus made a whip of cords and drove them all out of the temple and you're worried about offense? Many churches, many churches will tell you you can't backslide to the place of damnation. They'll tell you that. That's a bull-faced lie. I ask you, and I ask them, find it in the Bible. If you're gonna stand in it, find it in the Bible. Now whose opinion matters? I just said it. The word of God, which is Jesus, John chapter one, verse one. John chapter 1, verse 14. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. Jesus Christ himself is the word of God. There is no delineation between Jesus and the Bible. None. There is no difference. You can't, don't even ever say the sentence, well, I love Jesus and the word. That's like saying, I love my son and my son. I love my daughter and my daughter. There is no difference between Jesus and the Bible. None. Jesus is the word of God, so whose opinion matters? His. Second Peter chapter three, verse 17 says this. Can a Christian walk away from God to the place of going to hell? Can a Christian backslide their way to damnation? Second Peter chapter three, verse 17. Since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. Preach that, Charles Stanley. Preach that, Ark Church. Coast this and life that. And abundant this. Hebrews chapter six, verses four through six. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, once been enlightened, who have tasted of the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you this. Can you share in the Holy Spirit if you are not saved? It cannot happen. It is impossible. It's the Bible also would not call you enlightened or have tasted of the heavenly gift. I told you before, I had some Yehu write, write this to me and say, this is only for Jewish people, unsaved. Really? Who have tasted of the goodness of the word of God, which is Jesus and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. Let me just settle your heart for you. There's people who read this verse and like, scared to death, is that me? Because I've sinned. Have you repented? Doesn't matter how long you sinned or how far you went away or how long you went away. If you've repented, you're good. If you have a desire to repent, you're good. You still have hope. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. How can this be written to the non-Christian when you're talking about the Son of God? I hope you're watching, guy who wrote me that email. How, how can anybody come up with the theologies that they do when the Bible says exactly the opposite? But it's not surprising to me because I look at an entire nation engulfed in tyranny as they celebrate the 4th of July and say, oh, thank you. We're going to be able to normalize our lives again. Thank you, Master. 
Oh, take the vaccine so that you, you, we can have some semblance of normality. Joe Biden says if we're all vaccinated, we can have barbecues on the 4th of July. That's literally like having somebody steal from you, call you on the phone, and give you, give you their prerequisites for you to get your stuff back. But churches and Christians have no idea about any of this. They're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Nobody's talking to them. How can you avoid a verse like this? How can you avoid something this important? How can you not tell your kids this? There can come a place where you can fall away that you can't be brought back, you cannot be renewed to repentance, and you don't tell your kids that? I have. For some of you, some of you would think that I'm an absolute tyrant if you lived in my home. How could you tell your kids that? Why would I not? Oh, you might run them off. You know what? That theology needs to be buried six feet deep. Well, if you tell them this, it might offend them. You, you know, you want to try to keep them in the church? No, you don't. That is not your motivation. Your motivation is to preach the word instantly. That's it. Well, listen, I've tried. There is no, people who are going to ignore truth are going to ignore truth. That is the way that it is. That's why, that's why they're not just nice in the Gulf church this, in the Coast church that, in the Abundant Ark church this and that. They're not just nice. They avoid the truth. They don't say the truth nicely. They don't say the truth at all. Understand that. Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. And you that were sometime alienated, and in your minds alienated, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath been reconciled. Listen to this now. Yet now hath been reconciled, saved, in the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, uncorrectable in his sight, unblameable, holy in his sight. That person's saved, right? If... Ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Never preached. Galatians chapter five, verse four. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. This is just a snapshot. I could bring you another 20 scriptures like this, and nobody talks about it, except right here. My wife used to get on me all the time because it was all I preached. You know, you don't need to mention eternal security every message. Maybe I should. Nobody, nobody, the, look at the impact of these verses. Fallen from grace. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Fall from your secure position. And nobody teaches about this? It's no wonder that Christians have a tendency to produce people who are not saved. Christians have a tendency to produce heathens. They never teach them the fear of God. There's no fear. Oh, you know, honey, we know. You got saved when you were four at VBS. You remember you got that candy pack, a couple balloons when you got saved, and now you're saved for life. Doesn't matter what you do. Sit back and enjoy the ride. What you should be telling them is sit back and enjoy the ride until you go straight to hell. 1 Timothy chapter 5, 12 and 13 says this. Having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. Having what? Condemnation because they cast it off their first faith. Verse 13, and besides they learn to be idle. This is what happens in the religious church. You're like, Tom, we don't see that here. Yeah, I kick them all out of here. You're idle here. You run your mouth here. I'll read the verse first. And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Like, we don't ever see that at this church. That's right, because I don't care. You're gone. Bye. You come back to me and you say, you know what, we're sorry. You come, I'll, I'll forgive you every time if you repent. And people who cause problems here, we don't see that. We don't see people who cause problems here. Yeah, I know. 
is I'm like a torpedo. You had first you got to get past Hope, then you got to get past Heather. If you get to me, you're gone. <laughs> you may see at different times people cause disruptions. Watch how many times they do. You're like Tom. That you sound mean. No, I want the Holy Spirit to move. I don't want him impeded by humanity. Second Timothy two eleven through thirteen. Some of you are like, how many Bible verses are you going to read? Lots. Here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. Whoops. If This is the only verse anybody ever reads out of these, out of this section of scripture. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful for he cannot disown himself. That's the only one anybody ever reads. They don't read 12. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. They're saying we, Paul is saying we. What that means is God will not walk away from you. He is faithful, but you can walk away from him. God does not move. Listen, you need to understand something. Stop praying for a move of God. He's always moving. All you have to do is get the unbelief out of the way, and you will always be in the midst of the move of God. That's all you got to do. Funny what these verses, 2 Timothy 2, 11 and thir- through 13, are attached to, isn't it? 2 Timothy 2, 14 and 15 says this, starting with 14. Remind them of these things. What? Remind them of what? Paul, what am I to remind them of? If we endure, we will also reign with them. If we disown him, he will also disown us. Remind them of these things charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. Remind them of these things. Hebrews chapter two, verse one says this. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we had heard, uh, to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. What's the next verse? Study to show thyself approved unto God. See how these verses are set up? Now, how many of you knew that 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved, is a reminder of if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he, he will also disown us. We're supposed to remind people of that. In order to remind people that, you have to study it. You have to know it. Is anybody doing that? If, if the church had done that, They would have known, no plague shall draw near in my dwelling. Whatever is bound is bound. Whatever is loosed and loosed, they would have known, but they don't study the word. They have no idea. I told you, Pastor Rodney talks to me, and he he tries to talk me off the ledge. He says, Tom, they don't know. They don't know. And just so you know, he is very much aware of a major Christian conference. It wasn't a conference like lots of people coming. It was a conference of huge leaders in the body of Christ. This was just a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. Huge leaders. He named one name. I'm not gonna name any names because he didn't want me to and I'm not going to. But there was a huge meeting in the state of Florida of huge Christian leaders. You know what they're meeting about? And I'm talking about their ones, books that you've read. You've read their books. You know their names. They're all on TV. They're allegedly strong evangelical Bible thumpers. The meeting was how to get our churches vaccinated. It would rock your freaking world if I told you the names involved. Facts. That's the truth. That's why you need to stand in the word of God. Doesn't matter that you're a Christian celebrity and that you sell out arenas. Tom, you're just jealous. No, I'm not. I have no jealousy of anybody who packs up buildings full of people going straight to hell. I have absolutely no envy of any of that. None. Having having a conference of mainline evangelical leaders about how to get your churches vaccinated, it's already happening in churches where you have vaccinated sections and unvaccinated sections. You ain't got to worry about that here. I'll flat out tell you, you take that vaccine, you're a fool. You will never see see this arm pierced by that vaccine or any other part of my body. 
If you have been vaccinated, you need to pray that poison out of your body. And you know what I'm so sick and tired of hearing? I am so sick and tired of hearing conservative punditry and Christian punditry or Christian conservative punditry all in one giant amalgam. I am tired of it. I'm tired of seeing them say, I saw this the other day. One of my favorite conservative commentators is talking about the the fight over his children being vaccinated. They're not going to be vaccinated. And he said, let me put this caveat in there. I did take the vaccine, but then what's the point? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I'm so tired of it. I see, I see conservative punditry. We're so sick of the masks. Open up. Get rid of the lockdowns. Now, we did take the vaccine. I did take the vaccine, but, you know, I am against lockdown. Why? Why are you against anything? If you're all into what the liars tell you, lockdowns don't work. Masks don't work. Vaccines don't work. Vaccines don't work for a virus, just so you know. They don't work. 4,000 people in the state of Massachusetts, which is not a large state, have tested positive for COVID after being vaccinated. 4,000. That's the only, those are those who have been tested. It's like you cannot, you cannot get, a, you cannot vaccinate against the virus that endlessly mutates. They put names on it, but there's a million mutations. It's a living organism. It's like you. If you walk through, if you saw me over here, it takes more of, I have to move that gate out of the way more than, I'll pick up Melissa Wolfgang. She don't have to move it this far. I got to move it this far. I have to mutate. She has to mutate. Every living human being mutates. It's like saying that you just, any security will stop any threat. No, threats mutate. Then that's where we are. Let's have, a, let's have a giant conference to talk about how to vaccinate our churches. People, mainline pastors on TV, oh, we're praying in a vaccine. You, you, listen, if they're liars, they're liars. They lied about masks and they lied about lockdowns. They lied about the virulence of the virus itself. And then you take their vaccine? You're against lockdowns and you want everything reopened and then you take their vaccine? How does that make sense to anybody? I'll never get it. Guess what else is in the same book? We're in 2 Timothy. This is in chapter four. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be instant. In season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That's what we should do. First Timothy chapter six, verse 20 says this, O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. You know what's falsely called knowledge? Eternal security. You can never lose, I mean, think about it. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. That's why everybody straps on a mask for a virus that can't hurt them. I told you before, I remember working the Braves game for a friend of mine, parking cars. I see all these families walking in. Dad's 31, mom's 28, kids are four and six, all with masks on, outside, in their cars, alone. You say to a Christian, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, and they'll say what? Oh, I don't believe in that. Why do you have a mask on? There's absolutely no chance. Here's the data on your masks. Here's the data on the chances of your child dying. Oh, I don't believe that. The CDC itself, which is a propaganda organization, put out the numbers. From zero to 50, COVID-19, zero to 50 years of age, COVID-19 is less of a threat to you than the common, than the common flu. 
99.98% survival rate is the worst from zero to 50. Zero to 19, it's 99.997% post-infection survivable. No, that doesn't matter. You know, let's put the masks on. When you give in to lies like that, I am telling you, it is a slippery slope. And that's what's happened to the church. The same verses. Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. What's, what's that connect with? 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Preach the word is the verse that leads into that. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Where is this? I mean, in Matthew 24, 24. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. We've seen in this last year that this is possible. If possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And you have pastors meeting in West Palm Beach, Florida to figure out how to get their churches vaccinated. You know why they're having to figure it out? Because they got people like me and you in their churches. You know what those people need to do? Leave those churches. Worst thing you, listen, I'm telling you right now. Worst thing you can do is stay in a church like this and like that. For some of you like this. <laughs> For some of you. The worst thing you can do is stay. The best thing you can do is make the drive. You know, most Christians decide what church they're going to go to by how far it is from their house. Make the drive. We have, we have people in this room. We had people last week that came down from Michigan to attend this church. You know why? Because Michigan's closed. Still didn't open. Still closed. I know Gretchen Whitless. I know she lifted off her COVID sanctions. But it's closed. And you know, all those people are so programmed now. It's the saddest thing to me. I'm telling you, it's very regional. Right here, you walk around, I go to racetrack, nobody's in a mask. Here in Inglewood. You go to Tampa, everybody's in a mask. Everybody is in a mask. Why? I thought it was all about a virus. No, it's all about politics. It's all, it's all a matter of identifying who I can control from the globalists. That's what it's all about. After their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Is this really true? Can, can a Christian, can a Christian fall away? Let's look at it. Revelation chapter two and three. Some brief excerpts out of, that out of those two chapters. Revelation two, five. Remember therefore, this is the church at Ephesus. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent, written to Christians. Revelation chapter two, verse 16, the church at Pergamos. Repent or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them. Church members is, what Je is who Jesus is talking about. I will fight against your own church members with the sword of my mouth. That's this. Fighting against Christians with the Christian Bible. That's the state of affairs that we're in right now. Revelation 2.21, the church at Thyra, Tyra. And I gave her time to repent, talking about sexual immorality inside the church. As pastors and evangelical movements begin to wrap their arms around the homosexual and transgender agendas. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed. What is going on here? This does not sound like Friendly Church 101. This does not sound like the ARC movement. 
This doesn't, sound, it doesn't sound like abundant this and life that. Doesn't sound, you know why? Because those churches have long since left the Bible. Then listen, some of you, you're like, this is too much for me. This is too negative. I'm not the one being negative. If you look at that as negative, then you're looking at the Bible as being negative. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. If it seems evil to you, does this seem evil to you? Listen, just ask yourself that question openly. Does this seem evil to you? Joshua 24, 15. Everybody only quotes the last part of that verse. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It doesn't start off like that. It says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land we dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's the full verse. Does this seem evil to you for me to read this to you that says, I, indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. Does that seem evil to you? Does that not sit right with you? That's the, Jesus, that's Jesus talking. Jesus does not sound Christ-like. Because you've been taught a cotton candy version of what is Christianity. This is Christianity. This is Jesus. I'll read you some more. Revelation 3, 1 and 3. Church at Sardis. I know thy work, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive. Ghost this, abundant that. Life, church. They ought to just put their name on it. Corpse, church. Church of the corpse. You ever close for COVID? That should be your name. Corpse, church. I know your works. That you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Ghost this. Life that. Abundant this. You have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, now I want you to get this now, I will come to you as a thief and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Now here's the thing. A lot of people put that totally into the Matthew 24, 36 realm. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the son, but only the father, right? Correct. We don't know the exact moment, but you should know the time. Did everybody get that? There should have been a bunch of amens there. Because we are told in the parable of the ten virgins that you can tell when it's coming. You should be able to go, yeah, there's wind. There's a holy wind blowing. Jesus is coming back soon. You should be able to know that. Some people are way off on their theology. I get it. But you should be able to read the signs of the times. They don't. If you're having a meeting about vaccinating your churches then how have you missed the concept of vaccine passports? How, do you, how have you missed the concept of immunobands? Don't tell me you saw it before, Pastor Skip Verses. D don't tell me that, Pastor Compromise, that you've seen that before, because you haven't. I'm 52 years old. I have never seen immunobands. I have never seen vaccine passports. That's why it comes as a thief of the night. They have no idea. They're meeting about vaccinating their churches. And they should be preaching against vaccinating and against vaccine passports. That's why Jesus, that's why Jesus to them will come as a thief in the night, but not for you. It won't be a surprise for you. You'll have the oil in your lamp. It's not, people misread the Bible, totally. 
The specific day or hour, no, we don't know, but we should know the time. Revelation 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. See, the church doesn't even know to be aware of false prophets. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. The church doesn't even know to look at vaccine passports. It's like Pastor Rodney told me, they don't know, Tom. Have compassion. I'll try, Pastor, I'll try. (laughs) His church is way bigger than mine, and there are legitimate salvations, and they're Bible thumping, so I ought to listen. And I have listened. The the Bible warns us, beware of false prophets. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, the church has no idea. Because that's in the word, and the word's never taught. (laughs) And again, the church says what? We're told to beware of false prophets, and that false Christs and false prophets are coming. And they'll show great signs and wonders to deceive the elect. And the church says what? And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned to fables. 2 Timothy 4.4. That's what they choose instead. Told to preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And what do we do? We're warned about all of that, but that's never preached. I challenge you to find a church in America or evangelist in America outside of the River Church and Jonathan Shuttlesworth that ever preaches about backsliding. How mean is that to not warn people? They they call themselves loving in the name of truth avoidance. There is no meaner thing to do to people than lie through obfuscation. The word is always the key. The Bible is always the key. Otherwise, man will form their own Jesus. They'll do it just like that. Their own religion. I wrote a list of them. Calvinism, Catholicism, Seventh-day Adventists, Mennonites, Baptists, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Branch Davidians, Church of Christ, Universalism, Ark, Greek Orthodox, Amish, who, whatever. We're not a religion here at this church. We read Bible verses. That's it. People ask me, what are you? Well, I guess you'd call us non-denominational. Not anything. We're a group of people who agree on the Bible. That's it. That's all we are. You see the problems in America through lack of agreement. People will say today, if you really break it down, what people are saying is it doesn't matter whether you believe in the Constitution or not, you're still an American. That's not possible. Matt Walsh put it out. I should have quoted it. I should have put it in my notes. But Matt Walsh came out and he quoted, he said, you know what? I have nothing in common with these people that want to be called a male when they're a female and a female when they're a male. That want to butcher the unborn by the millions. That are for gay marriage. That are for men being in women's locker rooms and men playing in women's sports. I have nothing in common with these people. And you say, we need to come together as a nation. That's not possible. We need to come together, a group of people that believe the same. And whoever wants to join, they can through believing the same. You won't be comfortable in this church if you don't like the Bible. I'm not going to bend to accommodate you so that you're comfortable. If you love the Bible, you will thrive at this church. If you don't like the Bible, you ain't going to make it. I marvel at some who make it as long as they do here. Knowing the lifestyles that they're leading. I can't believe you sit in here every Sunday. God bless you. Hopefully someday it sinks in. (laughs) Avoiding the word causes all these denominations and fractions and factions. Not knowing the word causes this. You know the verse, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The word is always the key. Look at Psalm 107, 20. He sent his what? Hit that thing on the screen as quick as you guys, as you guys can up there. Psalm 107.20. He sent his word. Sent his word. Didn't send your compassion, my compassion, 
my church program, your church program, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions through his word. He sent his word to pull you out of destruction and to heal your body. I don't know if I can be healed. That's not the Bible. He sent his word so that you can be healed. The word is everything. It's not a part of of your walk with God. It is Jesus. It is your walk with God. There is nothing else. Look at, look at 1 Peter 1.23. Having been born again, how? How were you born again? Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That's how you're born again. We think it's a sinner's prayer. We think it's a song just as I am, without one plea. A sad, somber song as we all come up to the altar. No, you're born again through the word of God. Jesus is the word, nailed to a cross. You believe in that, you're saved. The word is everything. A lot of people know this verse and don't even get to the heart of it, these verses. 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. So Samuel said, speaking to Saul, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. That's where everybody stops. Or they'll use this next verse. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. That's their teenage verse. (laughs) Try to keep their teenagers in the church. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Here's the part nobody sees. Samuel saying to Saul, here's the problem. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? Remember that. Is that as good as obeying the voice of the Lord? Why? What's the root cause of all of this? Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. Every, nobody looks at the root of this message. Saul's problem was not just the acts that he did. It's that those acts violated the Bible, the word of God. That was the problem. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. That's the problem, is the rejection of the Bible. So when COVID, or or when the Delta variant, hey, Delta variant here, Boy, well, seen the Indian variant, the Brazil variant, the Argentine variant. Now we've got the Delta variant. We had the double mutant variant. Remember that one? But don't worry, pastor, close your church. It's all about your health. Delta variant now where the World Health Organization is advising people who are vaccinated to remask. And I want to say to all the pastors, I hope some of them are watching. If you closed for the original COVID, but you're not closing for the Delta variant, why have you not acknowledged your own hypocrisy? Think about it. If they're not closing now for the Delta variant, which is 50 times more transmissible. I'm making the 50 up. It's way more transmissible. Can't remember what it is. Twice, three times, 100 times. Flies around like a pterodactyl attaching itself to people. The Delta variant. It's like Delta Force. Double mutant. So why are they not closing now? And obviously, I agree with them not closing, except I think they never should open to begin with. But anyway, besides that's just for the simplicity of the argument. I don't think they should close. However, how are you not closing now and not coming back and apologizing for closing a year ago? If this one, which is so much worse than the original, you're not closing for, and you've never come out and said to everybody, I never should have closed to begin with, you're a hypocrite. And that's why their churches are devoid of the Holy Spirit. I've had other people come and tell me, my daughter included, that have sat in other churches, and they're dead. Because you cannot turn your back on the word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, and have the Holy Spirit in your room, unless you repent. 
Remember all the verses that I read to you? Out of the book of Revelation 2 and 3, the church at Sardis, the church at Laodicea, the the church at Pergamos, the church at Thyatira, the church at Ephesus, five out of the seven not doing well. What what did Jesus tell them to do? Repent. It's all you got to do. Get on there, Pastor. Facebook Live right here. I never should have closed. I acknowledge my hypocrisy. I'm not closing for the Delta variant, but I closed for something far less, according to the experts, 12, 13 months ago. Why are you not doing that? They're going to have to do more giveaways. They're going to have to give away more stuff. You're not going to just get your gift pack in the back with the pastor's book in it, some balloons for the kids, some mints. They're going to have to do some real giveaways to get the people back in their churches. Bring some life in there. Put a jet ski on the stage. This could be yours on this 4th of July, the 4th of July Foundation Church raffle. So they've all had to do. The lifeless churches have to resort to bingo and pancake breakfasts. You're like, where do you get that from? That's Inglewood, baby. You're not going to get anybody to be spiritually led. Each man should, should give what he's decided to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? 2 Corinthians 9, 7, right? That's how the church is supposed to be funded. Not through bingo. Not through pancake breakfast. Luke, 8, Luke chapter 8, verse 11 through 15, parable of the sower. It's all about the word. That's what the parable of the sower is, is about the Bible. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the Bible. I'm only gonna go over a part of this for time's sake because I wanna get to something else. But I want you to see the devil's MO. Here's the devil's MO, Luke 8, 12. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. They hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. If you ever want to be able to see where the devil is, where's the devil? Look for wherever the word is being removed in any capacity. Now I'm not talking about churches necessarily are on their way to hell. I'm just telling you, look for where the word has been removed. They come to you with COVID-19. It's not the last thing. It's already in the works for the climate shutdown. It's coming. Look at me now. It's coming. It's coming. The climate shutdown is next. All you got to do, pull it up. Pull it up online. There's articles about it. There's websites dedicated to it. I'm not talking about right wing. I'm talking about left wing. Dedicated. Climate shutdown's next. Prince Charles from the Great Reset. COVID-19 has given us a short but great opportunity for a great reset. What's the great opportunity? Now we've seen that we can control planet Earth, namely the church. Church offered us no resistance. They were concerned about the church. They were concerned. They were concerned about you and I. But the only church that stayed open in Inglewood was Foundation Church. They didn't need to be concerned about anybody else. And the ones that did stay open were 10 feet apart. Just bow down and worship Baal then. Go, go vote for Kamala Harris. Yeah, I did say that on purpose. If you ever want to know where the devil is, you don't need to. You don't even need to ask God. Just go where the word has been removed. He presents you with a virus, you answer with the word. He t- oh, that's not a problem. He took up my infirmities and carried my diseases. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Just like Jesus. How did Jesus answer the devil? The book of Deuteronomy. That's it. That's how Jesus answered the devil. And how did the church answer the devil in 2020? They answered with the word of Fauci. Who's a nonstop habitual liar. And then they take his, then they take his vaccine. Well, Trump touted it. I get it. Trump, listen, people can tout Trump's Christianity. I don't tout his Christianity. I don't know where he's at with God. I'm not going to overly judge him. I can tell you the fruit's not real good. So I don't go, but Trump was wrong. That's how you know I'm not a sycophant. I'm not a, I'm not a Republican above reason. He was wrong. 
I'm not a conservative above reason. He was wrong. He was wrongly influenced. He was politically expedient. If he runs in 2024 and he's the best person, I'm voting for him. DeSantis is close though, baby. DeSantis doesn't hold back. What do we not talk about inside the church in closing in our last 14 minutes until you walk out of this door? One of the things we don't talk about is something I mentioned earlier, not we at this church, but the church on the whole. We don't talk about endurance. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. The moment that you get saved is the beginning of the race. You have to hold it. Yes, you're saved. We'll probably do a sinner's prayer at the end. We don't always do them, but we do them most of the time at the end of the service. We might, we might not. I don't want to say we will. But you, the moment that you say that sinner's prayer, you are saved. Everybody got that, right? You're saved. But you have to endure in that to the end. People think that that's absolutely evil to say what I just said. Again, going back to Joshua 24, 15, does it seem evil to you that I quote Bible verses? Where do you get it from, Tom? Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. So ask yourself, does this sound like being a community partner and a good neighbor? And ye shall be hated of all men for my namesake. I remember when we were open in March of 2020, I remember we were hated of all men, including Christians that now attend this church who have come to the light. We were hated. You should have seen what was dedicated to us online and on social media. I hope they all die. We did. Look at those stupid people. Well, really? How those COVID passports working for you, Pastor? Get your immuno band on, your well health safety seal on the door, all for a 99.9% survivable virus, moron. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Wait a minute, I, I was told that, you know, you'll hear things like the endurance of the saints preach to you like no matter what you endure that's not true you have to make a decision to endure Matthew 24 13 but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved Revelation 3 3 10 because you have kept my command to persevere I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth because you have kept my command to persevere. You will miss, not the entire, this is where I stand, not the entire tribulation, but the worst of the worst of the tribulation you will avoid. Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. That verse alone blows John Calvin off the earth. <laughs> blot out your name from the book of life? How do you get your name on the book of life, in the book of life? Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, right? Revelation 21, 27. You get saved, your name gets written, and it says right here, it can be blotted out. And people still believe it can't. Jesus said, John chapter eight, verse 45, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. It's too, it's, the truth is too much of a threat to most people. The truth right now blows people's meaning in life away. Their meaning in life is that they get to go around. They've always wanted to be a firefighter. Saving lives. I know you have no idea what I'm talking about right now. It, it's everybody's dream. I know that's an overstatement, but it's everybody's dream. I want to be out there. I want to save lives. So I'm going to put a mask on, and it gives my life meaning. And you go and you read them the truth, blows their meaning out. They no longer have a cause. They no longer have a meaning in life. It's too much of a threat. You tell American Christians about seeking God first, it's too much of a threat to their American lifestyle, which is jam-pack your calendar with as many things as you possibly can, and then maybe if you can squeeze in a two-minute prayer every now and then, that's Christianity. It is not. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. 
He's a consuming fire. He's not, he is not a God that sits and waits for your convenience. Behold, it says in Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Revelation 3.21, talking about endurance. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. 1 Peter 4, 17, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, people tell you, you said a sinner's prayer when you were seven and you're saved forever no matter what you do. It's not what the Bible says. And if it is hard for the saved to be saved, for the righteous to be saved, what will be the end what will become of the godly, of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Eight minutes to go, talking about endurance. Everybody with me? Yes. You have to endure until the end. If you don't tell people that, will they endure? They're destroyed for? They have no idea to endure. That's why you have 1 Peter 3.1. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we you teach will be judged more strictly. And you never tell anybody about endurance? It's all over. How many verses was that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, not a word. Those aren't the only ones. Those are the ones that I happen to have memorized that I threw in here. And you never say a word? So I'll close with this. Enduring until the end means what? What does it mean to endure until the end? What does it mean? Keep the word. You keep the word. It's all about the word. People who are bored in their walk with God, stale or stagnant in their walk with God, never overcome. You're the same Christian you were a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, are because you are not abiding in the word. It's not sexy enough. I just like, scroll, scroll, scroll. Blessed is he who reads and keeps the word that is in this prophecy. Revelation chapter one, verse three. Blessed is he who reads. Don't just put on tapes. And I'm telling you this, this uh, it's better than nothing, but listening to the Bible isn't good enough either. It's good. It's better than listening to garbage. But you need to be studying to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the Bible. Enduring until the end means that you kept the word. You're back to the parable of the sower. How does the parable of the sower work? Remember the seed is the word of God. It falls on, we have four types of ground that it falls on, right? Falls on the wayside, the devil steals it. That's those that walk into this church. They hear the Bible kind of interested, walk out, and the devil takes it. Seed that fell on the rocky ground. In the time, it, it, it lands on the rock. I'm trying, trying not to, those on the rock, I'll just quote it. Those on the rock, I'm worse at paraphrasing than I am quoting. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, fall away. They have no root. And when temptation comes, they fall away. Those that fell among the thorns are the ones who receive the word of God. They receive the word of God. They fall on the thrones and then they're choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So you have thorns, wayside, the rocky ground. But then you have this verse. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word, with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Worship team, make your way up here. I'll finish right here with these closing verses. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. But he said, Jesus said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That's enduring until the end. John chapter eight, verse 31. Notice that what verse this leads into. The verse that everybody quotes is the one this verse leads into. 
Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, keep my word, you are my disciples indeed. What's the next verse? And ye shall know the truth. And on this 4th of July, the truth will set you free. That's how it works. It's all about the Bible. Stand with me. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.